Welcome to Catalytic Conversations. I'm Wendy Dickinson, founder of Ascend. I coach business owners through key transitions that are unknown territory. Startup growing pains, partnerships that have gone sideways, family business systems, and displaced CEOs. My clients are experts in their businesses, not in the theory of family systems. They've reached a point where they need to know how to prepare the next generation, how to let some of the next generation know they won't be CEO, and how to get the last generation to move out so that the next generation can take over. This season, we're exploring family businesses. My guests will share their challenges, pivot points, and successes. As listeners, you have the opportunity to reach out to ask questions, share thoughts, and learn from the experiences of others. Today, I'd like to welcome Michelle Wink, CEO of Up Professional Solutions. Michelle, welcome. Hi, thank you, Wendy. I'm so delighted. Glad to be here. I, and I'm so delighted that you could be here with us today. Michelle, if you would, tell us a little bit about your current company. Yeah, uh, so UP is a provider of professional and technical project staff augmentation solutions to clients in primarily the oil and gas industry and chemical manufacturing. Our employees are all technically skilled and they work under the direct technical supervision of our clients. However, we manage everything else that our employees need uh, in their employment with us over assignment lengths that average about 27 months. Interesting. And Michelle, tell us a little bit about how UP got started. So it got started when my father um, decided to leave the petrochemical industry uh, because he was concerned with a uh, lack of concern within the leadership of his organization about safety. Mm. Uh, this was back in the early, late 60s, early 70s. He decided um, because his job was to maintain the, the refinery, he was, he was working at a refinery in Louisiana, and that was critical to safe operations. Uh, and because his leadership were not open to shutting the plant down and, and making those maintenance uh, tasks important and relevant, uh, he, he decided he wanted to try and make a difference and left to start his own engineering consulting firm. He is a mechanical engineer by education. And we began, uh, he began a, a, an engineering consulting firm and UP grew out of that company, uh, was designated as a division in 1980. And in 1992, we separately incorporated the companies and uh, we grew, both companies grew to fairly sizable organizations over the next 12 to 15 years. And I'm curious, did your dad have any experience in, in running a business himself before starting his engineering firm? Um, he would tell you, yes, he was a paper boy. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> when a start, he was right? young. 
Yeah. And and he became uh he actually became a supervisor at some point uh with the local paper where he grew up in Biloxi, Mississippi. And yeah, he had to run his own little business. That that was his first experience. Very cool. But, but that was it. So what was your dad's vision for the company? Uh his vision was Excellence in everything we do, mm. um, and uh, always putting the people first. The people that work for him uh, have my father's philosophy was: you're you're not going to go. The company's not going to go anywhere if you're not investing in the people who who work for you. They they are the company, um, and he always believed in doing the right thing. If you have if you make a mistake, you own up to it and you make it right. Um, safety was a foundational value, um, honesty, integrity, and as far as a succession plan, he always believed and had had a, a line of sight to succession to the second generation. Um, he never seemed to ever think anything other than this is going to go to second generation. And and so tell us about the second generation. Who's in that second generation and who worked in the business and who didn't, that sort of thing? Uh, so I have four brothers, three older than, than me and one younger. My oldest brother uh, is a mechanical engineer by education. And um, he was the first one in the family business when when the company was still very small, um, it was starting, it had a growth spurt. He had gone to work for ExxonMobil and had a career path there. Uh, I think he was with Exxon for about four years and uh, was doing very well. My dad asked him to come and help him with what was becoming more than my father could handle. Mm. The, the work was ramping up and uh, he needed he needed help and that was uh, so he was the first sibling to go into the business um, my second oldest brother he uh, went and spent some time in the military then came back and decided to go to design school mm. and he was the second person to come into the business my third oldest brother went uh, off to college and got a chemical engineering degree. When he came out, we were in the midst of the first, in my lifetime, first big uh, downturn in mm. in the price of crude. Uh, crude crashed to like $10 a barrel. Mm -hmm. This was in the late 70s. And he couldn't find a job anywhere. Uh, I, I remember the resumes he sent out, hundreds of resumes, and he wasn't the only one. There was mm -hmm. just no one was hiring. People were, the super majors were laying people off, and uh, he started in the company business at that time. Um, my youngest brother came in straight from college, and he came in as a, in a sales role. He, he got a, a degree in business. And I came in last, although I'm uh, 
um, number four in birth order. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't go exactly in birth order, but we were close. Um, and I, I went and uh, got a degree in accounting, went to work for a big eight back, back then, big eight uh, public accounting firm for a couple of years, got my CPA, Never, I never wanted anything to do with the family business. Interesting. <laughs> I just, I, I couldn't see working for my father, um, and I didn't think it was stable either mm-hmm. because I had seen the ups and downs. I had seen the the, the hard work. It, it, I'm like, I, I you know, yes. I don't need to work that hard and end up uh, with my livelihood potentially going away because. Mm-hmm. Of factors I can't control, I'll go corporate, I'll do the corporate thing. Mm-hmm. So that was where my head was until my father uh, started talking to uh, my husband at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's now my ex-husband. We divorced back in 2005. Mm-hmm. But uh, we started talking about how the company was growing. This was probably in the late 80s. It was growing, and uh, my ex-husband was an accountant, and my dad offered him a job. He couldn't offer us both a job because he he didn't have the capacity. It's one of his beliefs. You know, you don't make up jobs for family. There has to be a role here in the company for you. And... Um, I didn't want the job anyway. <laughs> like I said, I wasn't interested in working for the company. Yeah. Uh, but my uh, my husband took the job, and we moved from we were in Lafayette, Louisiana, because we had moved away after we got married, mm-hmm. and um, ended up back in New Orleans. And he went to work for the family business. So that is so interesting. So your dad starts this company has an from the very beginning intends to pass it on to the next generation and then manages to get the majority of the next generation mm-hmm. involved you ultimately yep. end up involved right. as well so so how did your dad prepare that next generation that's that's a good question he didn't <laughs> uh, Thank you know you for he that was honesty. a startup yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, here's the thing, Michelle. One of the reasons I was so interested in having you on is because you have an amazing family business story. And and mm. there's heartache, but there's also celebration. And and I appreciate the honesty in how you retell mm. the tale. So Mhm. Well, thank you. Uh that's That's the only way I know how to tell it because mm. um that's the only way people can learn yes. from from other people's stories is if you, you tell an honest, true story. So, um, so yeah, he didn't have a, um, a strategy to prepare us. Uh, I've learned over the years that a lot of family businesses do. You know, they have a they have a contract by which the the children or the next generation can enter, and it has terms and conditions mm-hmm. like. They have to be of a certain age. They have to have achieved a certain degree or length of service outside of the family business. Those those kinds of things are out there. But but as a as a startup, uh, self made uh, 
individual starting up a company, he, he didn't have the, the resources or the references to even know that those things were out there mm. um, until he, he, had, uh, he had an affiliation with Tulane University uh, here in New Orleans mm-hmm. and got to know one of the professors who was starting up what he called the Tulane Family Business Forum. And uh, that group, we were founding members of that forum, which is still in existence today. That was, the forum probably was formed about, I'd say, hard to, gosh, fathom, 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and what their mission was, was to bring content to family-owned businesses to help them to succeed from generation to generation. And that is still their mission today. Mm-hmm. And they do that by bringing uh, subject matter experts yes. to to do seminars about five or six times a year. And um, it, it's been great. It, we learned a lot, a lot in, in that, uh, in that forum, but in a lot of ways we, it was too late. Uh, I wondered about that. Okay. So there were already mistakes that were made. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, one of those mistakes was when my father talked to my oldest brother about coming to work for him and making that move away from ExxonMobil, there was an understanding, it wasn't written or, or anything that, that I'm aware of, but um, there was an understanding that he would one day take the role of president and CEO of the company. Mm. And was that... So that expectation was set at the very beginning and was part of why he left a mm-hmm. very potentially successful career at ExxonMobil. Right. And Michelle, did other members of the family, as they came onto the business, did they know and recognize that, that your older brother would be the CEO eventually? Yes. Okay. Yes. So that was... That doesn't mean they agreed that that was the right idea. <laughs> so, and that's a great point. And, and so uh-huh. what happened from there? So, um, it was during the 1990s, I I call it uh, the golden decade, Mm. during which all of, so my four brothers, myself, my parents, and my husband were all working in the two companies. We were growing rapidly. Um, my father was fully engaged in his role as president and CEO. Uh, he established an outside board of directors in that period of time, brought in outside people to, to sit on, on a board. My dad's, my dad always believed in one of his other foundational beliefs was if you, if you're going to 
start a company, if you're going to run a company, imitate what the big guys do. So having had the experience of working with a large corporation, he started his company with with some formality. Um, before he brought in the outside board, he and my mom were uh, the board members, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And a funny little side story, I still have some of the board minutes because, of course, a, a board would have board minutes, right? Yeah. So they, they would type up on the, believe it or not, an Underwood um, <laughs> before an electric typewriter. He couldn't afford an electric typewriter. And um, I think this is his typewriter from college. But the minutes are typed up, you know, meeting was called to order, the whole thing. And the decision for, for one of those meetings, which the two of them were the only members of, was there was a motion to buy an electric typewriter. And um, it was approved unanimously. That's awesome. And that, that's, yeah, that was, uh, so, you know, he, he always had a line of sight to uh, doing things in a, in a certain way. My dad had some military uh, time as well, you know, so you can imagine a mechanical engineer, military kind of guy, everything was done a certain way and, and with order. So um, back to this time frame, right, the, mm-hmm. the 1990s. And as so that was about the time we we really started to get engaged with the family business forum. And when I came into the company, it was around 1996 was when I came in full time. Mm -hmm. And my role was primarily finance and accounting and succession planning. So my father had put together sort of a, a personal board of advisors that included uh, the gentleman who started the Tulane Family Business Forum, his CPA, um, and uh, his his tax accountant. And I would attend those meetings and we would talk about succession. Um, my father took a lot of advice from what he heard the speakers at the forum talk about, which included things like, um, the steps you needed to take to to uh, to actually make succession happen. Um, for example, when not long after my brother became president, my father moved his office out of the building. So he kept an office, but he moved to another location mm-hmm. because that being there physically as you're trying to pass the baton could get very sticky. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, we we worked really, really well uh, during this time frame together. And one of the things, you know, people would say all the time, how in the world do you work with your parents, your brothers, your your husband? How, how does that work? My my answer was always, well, I think it works because we all, we're not all on top of each other. We all have a different sort of role mm-hmm. in the company. Um, that was that was true for me. Uh, maybe not as in my younger brother, 
and and my husband, but maybe not as much for two of my brothers because um, my uh, the third oldest uh, he he ended up well both of them ended up reporting directly to my brother my oldest brother when my dad passed the baton mm-hmm. to my oldest brother so it was at that point when my father started to pass that baton that things started to get uh, less harmonious. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of different reasons for that. So, um, so Michelle, can I just interrupt for a second? So, so at sure. this point, you guys have an outside board. Mm-hmm. Your your family is involved with the family business forum, so your dad mm-hmm. has access to some resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, we acknowledge that you know he didn't have those from the very beginning. So, and and then right. your brother is well, your family is is harmoniously working together for a period of time in general. Mm-hmm. However, then your dad passed the baton. He moves his office, so he starts to do some things probably that he thought would facilitate the succession mm-hmm. plan. Absolutely. And and so since you were you were um, that was succession planning was part of your responsibilities, were you in the role of overseeing this process? I my role was to sort of uh, coordinate the activities around um, things that needed to be done in terms mm-hmm. of uh, things like buy-sell agreements, mm-hmm. um, wills, my parents' wills. Um, we, we started a family council, which was something we learned through our participation in the Family Business Forum at Tulane. Mm-hmm. And, and I was responsible for uh, getting, coordinating meetings, and, and that family council was what we believe was best practice to bring mm-hmm. other family members uh, in, essentially, in-laws, my sister-in-laws, mm-hmm. into a, 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 a group where they could learn about what was going on in the business so that they weren't guessing or they were, um, you know, they weren't in the dark. And they, we, we, you know, we wanted that, that inclusion. Right. Um, so, so I, I was a coordinator for those those kinds of things, and and making sure we moved along the different pieces of of documentation that we wanted to make sure we were putting in place uh, to to have a smooth succession. And I think this is an important thing to note because, again, um, you and your family were following best practices. And and still, you mentioned that things were starting to be less than harmonious. So tell us about right. some of the things you think contributed to that. So I think there was a lot. Oh, gosh, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a fair amount of discord amongst my uh, my three my three oldest brothers' wives. Um, there seemed to be some perception.
questions about who had what and why. Uh, you know, my father always believed in paying a fair market wage for the for the roles and responsibilities that each individual in the company uh, took on, including family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know other family businesses that believe you should pay every family member the same amount of money. That was never his philosophy. And I, there were jealousies that developed. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in addition to that, when my when my oldest brother became president and, and the, the two just below him, the two brothers below him, were, were reporting to him, it became... Uh, it became challenging. Mm. They did not see, they did not always see eye to eye. Um, and I think they brought stories home that were like, you know, you wouldn't believe what happened at work today. Mm. Oh my God, you know, this is, this is ridiculous. These decisions, what have you. Um, and, and there was a, a really huge, as, as much as my father wanted a successful succession, he struggled to let go. And that's not that's not unusual. No, it's at very all. common. You're right. It's very mm-hmm. And he in many ways he would undermine my 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 oldest brother. Mm. Uh, going around him or allowing people to go around him. And I think a lot of that, um, Wendy came from the fact that my father realized just as he was getting ready to pass that baton, that my oldest brother wasn't ready mm. or that he wasn't going to be able to take on this role. Oh, uh, so, that so that's where you hard. go all the way back. What's that? That sounds so hard. Oh, very hard. Yeah. So that's that goes all the way back to that, that day when he set that expectation, like back in 1976. Mm. You know, this one day will you'll be, you'll be the guy. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it, it goes back to what, um, medieval times, the first born son yes. <laughs> is the yes. heir apparent. And, and that just doesn't always work out because they're, that person is as smart and, and, and capable. Anyone is, and my brother's extremely smart person. Um, and, uh, graduated with honors from, from Tulane himself, and uh, but that doesn't give you everything you need to be a leader of a company. Right. Um, he was very um, he had a hard time delegating, mm. and um, uh, that that was made it tough for him to to to, to kind of get out uh, out of the weeds and really run the company, um, and let the people fall you got to let people fail sometimes for them to learn um so so that's what started to to manifest and it 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 brewed sort of on a back burner it was simmering and it just uh it was simmering for a few years so it was in hindsight you can see it (laughs) much clearer and it it sounds like so you know, every member of your family devoted a great deal of time and energy to the business. And so they had that, that investment. So so how did it unfold or evolve as your dad is stepping back and he realizes that this isn't going well? Mm-hmm. Well, the, 
there's a big challenge there, right? Because yes. um, he's recognizing this, and um, how how do you how do you how do you affect a change mm. in in that? Because you know, at this point, yeah, my brother's put in like twenty years or so, mm-hmm. uh, and um, my dad tried to encourage him to go to to go get an executive MBA. You know, go go learn some more stuff. My brother never could seem to pull away and, and do that. Um, he 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 basically approached it from an educational standpoint, and um, and he just he didn't get far mm-hmm. with my brother on that, and uh, so. Um, and and well, that makes sense, really, right? Because your brother was, you said, very much a down in the weeds kind of person. He had trouble delegating, yeah. so it would make sense that while that would seem very logical to your dad, that that would be difficult for he? your brother to step away, right? right. Because then, you, you know, the idea being that he needs to be right. there, absolutely, or the whole place would fall apart. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. He. He he would be um, he was he was so hands on and controlling. He would he would spend hours um, in in meetings that were supposed to be like twenty minutes, mm-hmm. and and have a line outside the door, people waiting for the next meeting. Um, it yeah, it was uh, it was a challenge for him to let go, for certain. So, so then what happens? So this, how long does this period of time last? And then what's the so next? that went, yeah, so it went through um, the early 2000s. Mm. Um, and, you know, as, as, as all this is, is going on, we're having, all five of us are having children and, and things like that. And holidays were getting a little bit, uh, a little bit uncomfortable when mm-hmm. certain parties were in the room and, and everything, you know, there was that undercurrent. Right. Uh, we always did get together, but, but there was an undercurrent that, uh, that was certainly there. My, my mother worked very diligently to keep the third generation in, in um, contact with one another, and she did an amazing job of that she 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 believes in the importance of family and and she would she would have a a summer camp for there ended up being 11 grandchildren all together and she they had a house over in in biloxi mississippi both my parents grew up there and they'd go she'd take them all for a week and she ran her little camp she called it camp wink away oh cute play on (laughs) wink name and she'd have all these kids in t-shirts she had she had camp wink away t-shirts on them and they're all doing different things around biloxi she'd have people come up to her oh how do i register for your camp this looks awesome (laughs) oh (laughs) she's like no time out um so uh those kids are all good friends today which is so so wonderful. Yeah, um, because it sounds like there was an impact on that second generation, but but yes. your mother managed to mitigate the impact on the third. She did. It it's 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 awesome. 
uh, I, I can't say enough about how impactful her, her input there was. Um, my father also started a third generation, um, club and that was interesting. He would bring the kids into the office. You had to be able to read in order to be part of the third generation club. And, um, (laughs) so you can imagine they're pretty young. They would get together maybe twice a year. And he would present financial statements to them. And they all had, like, their own binder to keep their materials in. They went on field trips. They, they got to go out on, um, on the uh, Mississippi River. Uh, my dad knew the, uh, the port commissioner uh, or someone out there. Mm-hmm. And so they, they did all kinds of interesting things uh, through his little uh, third-generation club. But, but her summer camp was really, uh, really a bonding experience for all of those kids. So I sort of segued on you there. Yeah, um, but I, I think that's also but, interesting because, you, you know, I, I'm on the edge of my seat waiting to hear about uh, how this unfolds with the second generation. But it's great mm-hmm. to know that the third is solid, right? Right, right. Yeah, they're good friends. Listeners, Michelle and I covered the birth of her father's engineering firm, the genesis of UP Pro Solutions, and some of the challenges that her family faced in transitioning from her father's leadership to that of her older brother. We also heard about the efforts of Michelle's parents to build a strong sense of connection with the third generation, Camp Winkaway and the Third Gen Club. But I want to encourage you to catch the second half of this interview. During that part of the conversation, Michelle will share her major takeaways from the family's experiences and the resulting sale that was so disappointing for her older brother. And y'all feel free to reach out with questions or comments. If you'd like to learn more about working with me as your coach, feel free to call me at 804-372-7575 or go to my website, ascendtosell.com. And I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes and share this podcast with your contacts. And if you have questions for Michelle, you can reach her at Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-W, at uppros.com. Or call her direct line at 504-561-1652. Have a good day.